0: Back to Scream Squad. Uh, we've been away for a few weeks, and we are back, back in the dungeon. And that we, of course, is me, Chico Leo, and me, Leo Fairman. What's going on? What's going on? So yeah, we uh, we, we 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 took an episode off. You know, it's the summer, um, and a lot's happened since uh, in 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 the interim. I think uh, before we actually get to this episode we need to uh really talk about the death of george romero last week um at least comment on it um he's arguably uh, you know what you know the most important um i think like latinx american directors period not just in horror i mean am i am i wrong in
1: that no i mean i would i would definitely approach agreement with that but i would say that i mean as far as horror is concerned, he's he's Probably cornerstone is an understatement. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, and you know, everyone knows, and we've talked actually on Scream Squad. So we we actually talked about Martin. Jamie, Jamie and I talked about Martin uh, uh-huh. on the uh-huh. Are They or Are They Are not They episode. Um, right. And you and I talked about Land of the Dead pretty recently. Yeah. And a uh, a recent classic that uh, that that should be revisited. But um, he, you know, like. He's obviously known for, you know, creating the modern zombie phenomenon. Like single handedly created that. I mean, you know, the you know, all of it. The He's he's
1: the he's the DJ
0: cool herc of zombie movies. He is, exactly. (laughs) That's right. He's the DJ cool herc of zombie movies. And um but he also had a whole I mean, I think he's made more movies that weren't in that zombie franchise than were. And, you know, again, Mm -hmm. we talked about Martin, there's the crazies, um, I never saw the one. There's one about like motorcycle jousters, like in the future. Did you ever see that one?
1: Uh, I, no, I can't remember. That's the one. That's actually
0: like the one that I haven't seen. He, you know, he's collaborated with you know Stephen uh, Stephen King. I mean, yep. I think he, he yep. did. He, he directed one of the you know Creep Show. Yep. Um. You know, so we're talking about uh his influence and 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 rightfully, I mean, you know, you had people like John Carpenter and Guillermo del Toro and so many people coming out and heaping, Stephen King himself, you know, heaping praise on him. And, um, you know, I mean, he, he definitely lived a life. Um, he died at 77 of lung cancer and, um, his, his imprint. Yeah. on on the horror in, uh, you know, industry will be felt. And, you know, I mean, I think it's beyond film. I think he's one of these people who it's bled into, you know, I mean, zombie video games, zombie, te- you know, The Walking Dead. I mean, all of these things. Oh, and 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 I just want to remind people, like, with something like The Walking Dead, you have, like, Greg Nicotero and a lot of the people who worked on uh, Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead are now, you know, high up on the show The Walking Dead. And so it's like there really is a continuum.
1: Absolutely no, and I and he's also you know he's one of those individuals where I mean you'd be hard pressed to find a a, a critical word spoken about him like in in celebrity circles. That's like right. He's, he was known as a true mensch, um, and yeah, he made he made movies till the fucking last breath. And also, I want to point out he did it on his own terms. He, um, mm-hmm. he stayed in Pittsburgh, I
0: believe. Like th- through the end, throughout his career, he yeah. um, was. Uh, you know, outside the mainstream Hollywood, you know, the mainstream Hollywood system, which, you know, other independent people have, you know, like horror people like Wes Craven or Toby Hooper, you know, had varying degrees of success with starting out indie and then coming into the mainstream um, of, you know, Hollywood. And I think that Romero had opportunity to
1: do that and definitely didn't and kept it, you know, Kept right. it a
0: hundred, as they say, on his
1: own terms. Yeah, no, I, 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 I totally agree. He was, he was an alter and he wasn't really into the, um, I don't know, like, f- fulfillings. You know, I know people like to use the word, or, 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 or would would throw out the word like sellout. You know, and like he just is, he, he throughout his career has always been the diametric opposite of that. He totally just plowed his own road. And and made some and made some really good shit. And I feel like even when you know, like like some people might criticize like some of the dead movies as lacking. Um, again, I I don't think that there was ever a a perspective on uh, on this idea that the movies that he made that were lacking were lacking because he didn't have full control. Like he always had full control, and he did what he did. Absolutely,
0: and th- it also is interesting that. Um, each, you know, each of the dead movies, the, you know, from his zombie franchise, he sort of approached criticizing a different or examining or interrogating sort of a different element of society. It wasn't sort of constantly the same thing over and over and over again. Right. And I, I just think he deserves a lot of credit for that. He, and, and just in general, like he's he's got a career that I think a lot of people would admire and. That he did it while being like, a, you know, a nice guy and really respected and liked and loved by his peers and the people that he worked with and worked for, and just like the idea that he really repped Pittsburgh and 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 never, you know, and 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 did that, you know, you have someone like you know John Waters, you know, who sort of for is, Baltimore, has, yeah. repped Baltimore. Yeah. Um Although it's sort of a very specific '60s Baltimore kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know. Like whereas. I, yeah, I just, um, I got nothing but love and respect for Romero, and we're losing people. I think he died the same day as, um, Martin Landau, who, you know, is famous mm-hmm. to a certain generation for, you know, pa- playing Bella Lugosi in Ed Wood, which he, he won his only Oscar for, but, you know, is is absolutely one of the great character actors, um, and so you know we're we're I mean obviously you know since the beginning of time people have died but I guess as we, as we get up there in age Leo, <laughs> um, well no but what I, you know like the people that we grew up with are dying like you know the, uh, you know I remember when I was a kid you know my parents started losing people from the you know, and um, we're 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 now experiencing that although you know I mean it's been it's been a it's been. It's been tough, you know. Last year was a particularly gruesome year,
1: but um, yeah, it's a good word to describe it. Gr- gruesome, yes. Two thousand sixteen was fucking gruesome. It dude. was. It was gruesome. That is, and, 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 the and, and best and then, word to
0: describe it. And then we elected Trump, and Princess Leia died. I mean, it was you know, it ended on, a, and I think uh, you know, didn't uh, didn't George Michael die on Christmas? I mean, it just it was it didn't let up. It was unrelenting. <laughs> True. Um but yes yeah, so George Romero should be remembered for more than just his contributions or his total contribution to the uh the zombie uh phenomenon um because he was more than that but I think the zombie the he will be remembered for his you know <coughs> Night of the Living Dead Dawn of the Dead and and let's also remember I I you know he cat you know he had a a a a a, a black lead in what was an otherwise groundbreaking movie. Like it wasn't gra- just groundbreaking because it had a black lead in, in night of the living dead. I mean, that's a, that is a groundbreaking movie yeah. for so many reasons. And that, that happens to be, you know, like, you know, just, just one of the many. Um, no, I
1: think it's a, it's a super significant reason. And I, and I think Romero's casting, like, like I think you, what you were getting at was that it has always been diverse from the yes. start and to the end.
0: Yes. Um and so um yeah I mean the guy the guy created a a uh an entire genre literally um with that franchise and I guess um we can I can use that to clumsily segue into another horror franchise that has uh, also uh spanned uh well just recently has moved uh into other media and that is the Castlevania franchise which um you know many of us grew up playing the video games um I, I i had castlevania was like the third or fourth game that i got for the nes when i was you know in 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 school um and i remember playing that and loving it um i did not continue with it on other platforms like you did but castlevania is now a tv series um on netflix And this is, like, a a project that's actually been languishing for, like, a decade because it's written by comic book uh, writer Warren Ellis. And I used to read Warren Ellis' blog, like daily or regular. You know. Oh, he had the he, Are yeah. you on his
1: mail? Are you on his mailing list? He still has a great like email like Yeah, I'm not email. on his
0: mailing list although I was, um but I I don't think he's I don't think he continued doing his blog. I think that's why I don't read it every day anymore, but Yeah. I remember him talking about this like 9 or 10 years ago and it was supposed to be a movie. And then it was going to be a trilogy. And basically the first season of the TV series which is 4 episodes is mm-hmm. is basically what the first movie was going to be like the you know it's like 88 minutes or you know whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um the next season will be the second and third or because it's going to be a longer season next season but i'm going to shut up at, at this point because <laughs> i am nowhere near the castlevania you know um, fanatic
1: yes as i am All right, yes, yes. Uh, yeah no so
0: I... we're ready for leo's castlevania
1: mania Ooh, I've 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 played a lot of I've like like you, um, I played Castlevania one. Castlevania is definitely a game that I've followed, uh, a game series that I followed like from when I was very young, and it's also a series that's taken a lot of unique twists and turns throughout, and it is a formative one. Um, so I mean, the first one is is a classic. The first one is definitely a kind of arcade, hyper difficult, uh, pl- you know, action platformer. Um, interestingly, like in this country, the sequel that came out to Castlevania, Simon's Quest is considered like one of the first uh you know so called Metroidvania games yeah in that it's a side scroller, it is uh open world um and it has like a day night cycle and it was absolutely impossible to understand. Uh this is because the translation for uh Castlevania two Simons Quest uh in America was horrible. And so there were actually clues that townsfolk were supposed to give you that were bad or fucked up in the translation. So the only way to figure them out was to try everything or read a guide or do something like that. Um, I played the first two games a lot. Uh, and then the third game... Uh, is like is maybe my favorite one i have a personal story related to the third game in that when i was a kid i had to go get like a really bizarre surgery i think i had like a wart on my foot or something and i was like 10 years old or some shit and it was so super painful and my mom, like, never rented me video games very, very rarely. Um, there was a local video store and she felt so bad about, like, the suffering that I had to undergo for my, uh, for that surgery that she was like, all right, go and rent whatever you want. And I rented Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse and I played it for, like, literally three days. I also had a mom. I don't know. I don't know if you had this, like, when you were a kid, um, in regards to any of your video game interaction, but, um, there were two types of parents when I was younger. Uh, for video gamers, there was a the type of parent that sectioned off game time for you. And there's a the type of parent that let you play whenever you wanted. And I had friends who like had parents who were like, whatever, it's, you have a TV in your room, play whatever you want. Um, my mom was definitely in the former camp, not the latter. So I always had a thing where it was like, you're allowed to play one hour of video games now. And so I would play one hour of video games. Um, the good thing is I was a latchkey kid. So like I would play when she wasn't there also, but if she was around, it was like metered out. Um, but for that weekend, I got to play as much of Castlevania three-trackless curse as I wanted. Um And aside from it being possibly my favorite one with a stellar soundtrack – um, Castlevania 3 is also one where that centers a lot in the story that we're, that we're watching in the anime. Um, you know, the main character is the same. Uh, there are other characters in it. There's no, uh, Grant Dynasty, who is the so-called hunchback in the Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse game. Um, but that game, it was interesting because they took this crazy, uh, diversion in Castlevania 2 to make this wild open world experimental game. And then Castlevania 3 actually brought it back to the first one. And it was more straightforward, but it had interesting, uh, options in the sense of like branching paths and different controllable characters. Um, but it had Alucard, um, and it had the, the sorceress that's in the series here. Um, so I feel like Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse is sort of a, uh, you know, it's, it's very blueprint-y in regards to the series that we're watching. Um, is, that, yeah, is, and I, is that the one that got like
0: the sort of most rave reviews I mean I know I know one of them is like is, Symphony is, of the Night that's the one that's
1: like considered one of the best games ever made right. and the main character in that is Alucard you play Alucard right, okay. but you also play Alucard in 3 right. and 3 has like kind of more of the characters that are in the show 3 I would say is a very close second in terms of like critical appreciation um, they probably swap places a lot 3 and Symphony of the Night so, getting back, wait. Just getting to the to the TV
0: show for a second. Mm-hmm. Can can we actually call this anime because it's an American show with a British writer? <laughs> I mean, there weren't any Japanese names in that.
1: Like, can something? Did you be... did you find did you find the Asian names in the credits? By the way, because I found them. Oh, there there are there. It looks to be like all they did. This is like the Simpsons. It's like the Asian uh, the Asian credits are all related to in-betweening and like the you know the the kind of. Uh, you know, the, the, the type of animation, like they didn't do the main designs. They just did the animation for like people moving from one point to another. Right. From what I understand and from reading the credits, that's, that's what it looks like. Um, yeah. I mean, this is so
0: Kent, Kent, I don't know. You're more of an expert on anime. I mean, it was, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, it was, again, it's, uh, it's an American company. It's a British writer. Um, this is
1: a western. This is a western cartoon, right? Like, so, can can
0: that be called anime? Because it's certainly an anime style. I mean, I recognize like facial expressions from, right. You know, uh, Cowboy Bebop. You know, I mean, like or yeah, you know,
1: that's but that's a really interesting point. Because, like that being said, there's a lot of stuff that's in the anime vocabulary that uh, viewers are used to. Stuff like you know, um, like the snot bubble, you know, or right. like the or like the stress point, like when someone's mad. The little like you know weird crosshairs on the forehead. Sure. None of that stuff is in here. Um, all the facial expressions are actually much more subtle overall. Um, so no, I feel like this is this is definitely a Western animation that takes a little bit of the uh, sort of um, exaggerated style that may be considered uh, a cl- close kin to anime, but. Anime, If we're, when we're saying the word anime, we're probably using it as just a convenient shorthand. Right. I don't think this fulfills that. I, I would be in agreement with you. I don't think this really fulfills that.
0: Well, I, I should just point out um, also to our listeners that Sister Series, um, that our, our Sister Series, uh, another, another Fambro's... Um, spinoff, Outlaw Bars, which does discuss anime every week, did talk about Castlevania, and I actually specifically didn't listen because I didn't want (laughs) I didn't, you know, I didn't want to actually be influenced in our um, you know, discussion of this, um, but I thought it was—I thought it was worth talking about. Normally, we talk about um, horror movies, but this being a horror, you know, this certainly everyone was talking about it when it first came on. But it being this sort of, you know, it's you know, video games. I, I, I am interested in talking about horror video games. I mean, I don't. The Last of Us is sort of, I think, the last one that I played, but I, I, I think there's a lot to be said for that, and you know. Resident Evil is extremely important, you know, in in the history of of, of gaming, and, and and related to Romero as well. I mean, yes, Resident Evil has yes. so much Romero nods, like right, yeah. So I, I I guess I just I you know, so we are if if some people are listening, you know, expecting, you know, like like this is not going to, you know, I, I I thought that this was something that that would be worth talking about, and I knew that you were such a Castlevania fan of the
1: of the games. What did you think of the of the actual show? I mean, I, I like the show overall, and I thought that there was plenty to enjoy in it, and I thought that there was plenty that, uh, if if not a disappointment, was like a little tiresome. And I mean, I, I guess I should I should indicate that I am a Warren Ellis fan, and I've been a long term Warren Ellis reader as well. Um, you know, for people who aren't familiar with Warren Ellis, I would say that you know some of his most popular work includes Transmetropolitan. Which was like a two thousand page comic series uh, that he made for Vertigo, um, right at the at the what was it Helix? Right at yeah, the, so it the started Helix, as Vertigo he, yeah.
0: Hel- Helix was a, a short lived sci fi imprint run by Stuart Moore at um, you know, and then it failed essentially. Problem was the only Helix series that didn't get canceled, and it just moved over to Vertigo. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say Transmetropolitan and then the, uh, the one that he did for, was it Wildstorm or Image?
1: Um, um, plan- planetary
0: planetary is sort of yeah. i think his you know a lot of people consider his masterpiece i'm actually i know uh, dj ben Amin mean loves planetary i mean planetary huge, is amazing yeah yeah and, and and i am actually a huge fan of transmetropolitan and definitely it essentially is you know the election of last year uh, dude
1: i know the, the beast yeah <laughs> what he
0: predicted is really remarkable given that transmetropolitan is now you know 20 years old it's really pretty amazing um, So much. Of sort of what he predicted, I, yeah. I also am a Warren Ellis fan. I, I would say that sometimes some of his obsessions uh, are, can be a little one note. Like you can tell that this is a Warren Ellis. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, you know uh, production <laughs> in the sense of like
1: this specific. You know, p- can I hit up some Warren Ellis tropes real yes, quick? Can yes. Can I explain some do. of them that I saw in yes. this show, which are like the always vomiting. To me, <laughs> vo- there was all right. There was vomiting. There is a person having a an apparently unrelated conversation in a bar like a secondary character the whole bar scene uh, in episode 2 is so warren ellis it's like yeah. someone telling an anecdotal story that's like perverted and then that's the introduction of the main character in the corner he does that shit all the time yeah he loves having these two characters like tell some uh you know off color story uh usually like peasant folk he always does that also in episode four when um when it's trev trevor's trevor's the the belmont um when trevor has the uh has when Trevor starts directing the townsfolk into military formation. Warren Ellis is all into military formation yes. stuff. He wrote he wrote that um uh, The I amazing was,
0: creasy the amazing yes yes yes, the, yes, yes it's yes. like a one off about a very famous battle mm-hmm. between Britain and France that actually is credited with like because the British had the longbow um, right. it, it 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 like decimated like a third of the French nobility in that, you know, battle and it kind of turned from then on like britain had a leg up over france for literally the next like you know 7 800 years you know until till till the present um it's, and it's an amazing. I, I actually really am a huge fan of that. He also did Red, um, which was yep. made into you know into a little bit of a comedy. I actually liked the movie, but I the, still
1: haven't seen. I need to watch that movie. You've told yeah, me about the, the it. graphic yeah.
0: novel is 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 or the miniseries, you know, is, is a little different tone. One thing about his comic writing that that he. I'm not sure it became – He, I know for, you know, like a lot of his stuff is very wordy, which was really um, fine. And then he, it got to the point where he was one of those writers where he had a lot of like three-panel pages mm-hmm. where there'd be like one or two, you know, word balloons with very short sentences. And I found oh, yes. that it would be like – You know, you could read one of his comics in like five minutes and it just was like I felt like I was getting a lot less bang for my buck. And I felt and I don't know if this is true that he was that he was writing comics with the intent of them being picked up as movies or tv you know uh, you know in other ways Uh, he's also also a novelist by the way he's got two best-selling novels he does yeah uh, and i haven't read either of them but i i I imagine i would really like both
1: of them um i don't think either is horror yeah he's also collected a few books of like his blog posts and like thoughts on writing and stuff like that he has a photography book that accommodates uh, uh like blurbs and narratives and stuff which i have um, he's 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 written a wide variety of stuff, but I would totally agree with you on that read of his stuff getting a bit more cinematic yeah. at some point, and that's the opposite of Transmetropolitan, which was just yes. jam fucked with words on every page. So. You know, he
0: was an interesting choice. And again, this was 10 years ago Mm -hmm. to, you know, adapt this. And I'm assuming, yeah, I mean, he will be, you know, he's going to be adapting the next couple of seasons. Um, They did put together an all-star British cast or, you know, seemingly all-star. I mean, uh, Richard Armitage, who plays uh, Trevor Belmont, is probably best known as Thorin Oakenshield. Although he's, you know, done a bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Yeah, I, I could have used a little... I I found the pacing to be sort of very odd and the weird. The pacing was odd. I, the I, pacing no, I... was like really, really weird and odd. Like, there's no courtship. It opens up, Dracula meets this woman... <laughs> And you, you, I could have used a little love montage of them, you know, boating together in the park and, you know, hiking right. together and coming out of a movie theater, holding hands. I mean, you know, obviously I'm being facetious, but I mean something. <laughs> like it was just sort of like they meet. And then it just cuts to her being burned at the stake a hundred years later. Yeah. Um, I think, by the way, you another, another trope of... Um, of both warren ellis and a way to get our like sort of scream squad like social commentary in there is both is that um you know this uh the it, it's very anti uh it's not anti-religion but it's anti sort of the organized church religion anti-church yeah oh hells
1: yeah no yeah that that was totally gonna be one of the tropes on my list i mean yeah. he paints these uh you know almost like like farcical failures of religious characters yes. in the forms of the priests and the, and the whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but then, and, and he, and he relishes in their destruction <laughs> as <Right>. well. <laughs> so the, you know,
0: the, basically this scientist woman comes, meets Dracula. They fall in love, although we don't really see it, you know, it's sort of this very weird right. thing. And then the, and then, then the church burns her to
1: death. Then Dracula shows up and he's like, all right, so leave, and I, and no, no, you know, no, wait, wait, wait. No, the fun thing is that Dracula first shows up and he's like, uh, where's my, my wife? Right, right. He's like, well, where's my wife? Yeah, where'd yeah. Where'd my wife go? Is, can you just, uh, oh, you did that to my wife. Right. Oh, well, 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 well then. <laughs> you know? but, but
0: he goes, oh, you did that to my wife. All right. So I'm going to give you a year to leave or I'm just going to massacre you all. And right. I just feel like why, if, if, if you kill, you know, if you killed my wife and I was Dracula, You know, Vlad, Dracula, I I, I would just kill you right... You know, it just didn't make any sense for him to be like, okay, I'm going to give you a year to leave. And then, of course, they don't leave. And he, uh, you know, um, sort of unleashes his cool demons. uh,
1: All right, all right, to his credit, to his credit, um, I do think that that was deliberate. And I think the idea of that was that... Remember, he's all right. So he's full of vengeance right now. But at the same time, the 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 kind of theme of of the love between him and his wife was that she was proving to him that humans are worth saving. Right. So by by making that express by expressing that everybody has a year to leave, what he's basically saying is the intelligent ones among you that will be worth saving will understand, like me, that the church is bullshit and you will go. And the ones that are too stupid to understand that obviously prove that I was right in the first place and that you aren't worth saving at all and that maybe my wife was wrong. So I think that's the kind of reasoning behind that, which is not ironclad, but I think that's like, that's almost why he gave them that kindness, which it seems like no one heeded. <laughs> but well, um, they didn't. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: And so, wait, uh, she's she's his wife lisa is 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 alucard's mother right 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 yeah so and and that was another thing that i thought was weird that we don't meet alucard until the very end and then there's this, sort of this one fight scene between trevor belmont and i know alucard and then they decide to team up to you know go. well am i in,
1: am am i incorrect don't they meet him uh don't we meet him when like dracula like smacks him or hurts him or isn't that Alucard?
0: I guess that is Alucard. You're right. Yeah. But that's, like briefly, that, yes. very briefly, okay. very briefly. So you're right. So, but I guess I expected him to play a, 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 a large role. I know role, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna
1: be a big part of right. it. And it's, and it's interesting again, because, um, because the th- those three that are, that are, that are there at the end of this, uh, four episode series. Um, I mean, again, those are three of the playable characters from Dracula three, from Castlevania three Dracula's curse, which is just kind of, kind of, kind of neat. Right Um. I wonder if they're going to add the, the fourth. I don't actually know if that's a, if that's a point, but that's like most of, most of the, the present characters. Um, So yeah, what, I mean, so
0: what other um, video game to horror, like, you know, things have jumped Obviously, Resident Evil, and I think most people yeah. consider the first Resident Evil to be a wildly successful, you know, sort of video game. I, l- movie. I like
1: the first. Do you like the first? I like the I first, do. I like Evil. The I first think, one. I like the first one. And I, I think actually, it's fine. There's, yeah. there's a
0: later one that I also really like that I feel like involves that it's like sort of a Road Warrior type thing where they're like trying to find Vegas or something and they're out in the desert. And that one has a really good cast. So it's, it's one of the later ones. And I actually. I saw it a few times on cable and I actually really I, I like that one maybe not as much as the first one. Um so that's one that definitely started as a video game tra- uh, franchise and then jumped into another media.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um you know, and movies obviously, but this was supposed to be a movie. The uh, All right,
1: well, well well let me let me ask you something. Do you do you know the first time that a that a Belmont appeared in a cartoon? I don't. Is it one of these like is it like one one of those movies where like video game, there's a bunch of video game characters in a movie? No, it's actually oh god and this is like a very embarrassing part of my childhood. If I ever watched this show now, I would probably cringe myself to death, but Simon Belmont was one of the like main characters in the old cartoon show uh Captain N the Game Master. Oh my god, I don't even know that. <laughs> he was and he was totally preposterous. He was like he was like this like he was sort of like a Brock Samson, but right. not as cool. Like, right. he was, like, super corny and very egotistical and very vain. And he was this utter weird caricature, but he was one of the main characters in that show, which also included uh, uh, Mother Brain as, like, one of the primary villains and uh just like a bunch of like random a- it was every- it was a really it was a show like made to kind of like uphold everybody's interest in video games and it was super corny and goofy and it was a saturday morning uh, extravaganza but yeah we're d- we're dealing with a very different Belmont, <laughs> in this right case, right but- and and even the fact
0: that he's like i mean i don't re- i mean in the video games they did say that he was like a you know an alcoholic you know, <laughs> I <like> know. Drunk- <laughs> yeah so i mean that's definitely a um warren ellis trope for sure
1: oh yeah you're like a very yeah, a damaged alcoholic uh yes. main character anti-hero yeah, yes that's that's an ellis that's an ellis guy
0: yeah
1: um there, there's a I've, i don't know if we want to like jump into the deep end of this part but there is like another like i mean not insignificant criticism i have of the show which i was able to en- i was able to enjoy and appreciate it in spite of it but like let's be honest there's a lot of animation shortcuts that the show takes yes there's a lot of static images of a person who talks for way too long and the only thing that moves is like their mouth and an right. eyebrow right. you know for like 30 seconds there's tons of that in the show and i feel like maybe for um you know like anime diehards that kind of shit will probably piss them off what's funny is that that was also a criticism that some people levied uh, believe it or not at the first season of attack on titan um, because Attack on Titan actually takes a lot of cheats, too. It does right. a lot of animation cheats. Um, I still think it looks beautiful, and I think, like, it's... I think Attack on Titan looks more beautiful than this show looks, 100%. But I, a lot I would of agree peop-
0: with that. I also think that the uh, the Titans, or, you know, the, the Giants, the bad guys, they're Titans, right? They're, yeah, 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 the yeah, Titans. Yeah, are, like, among the most horrifying and <laughs> coolest looking things that have ever been created. I mean, yeah, it's like, you know... Yeah. Um, and I still no, have I know, to finish agree. the first season and 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 actually check
1: out the second season, which I hear is like you know bananas. Yeah, I have. I personally haven't started. Look at me bringing up shows I'm not up to date on. No, I, haven't started, okay. I haven't started. I haven't mean, started the think, second you know, season yet. But I'm up to. I'm, and I'm, that and wait. that's actually a, a worth bringing up because that's definitely a horror.
0: Or at least, you know, I mean, that's a legitimate horror, you know. Uh, it's a part. It's a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. no,
1: like the, the Titans are totally horrific, uh, bizarre creations. Yes, like, that's I mean, humor- in, in many ways, you could actually say that they're kaiju, right?
0: I mean, right. they fit the they fit the you know the the what call it, and the first they they fit you know most of the descriptors of you know. Of what a, you know, what a kaiju is. And uh, the 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 first Godzilla movie is straight up a horror movie. I mean, they became more sci-fi kids type things, but the first one is straight up horror. And it's a allegory for the, you know, nuclear, nuclear, right,
1: right, right. Atomic bomb and everything i i feel i feel like the the main difference between and this is so off topic but the main difference between kaiju and the titans is that like in the late in the later in most of the kaiju films uh like a big part of them was about characterizing the the kaiju and attack on titan very deliberately does not characterize the titans because they're just like it's almost like they're just mindless slaves right eating things for no reason giant, they're and, like giant zombies almost right yeah yeah, yeah yeah like they don't they most the majority of them like are utterly bereft of character right. but um but jumping back to 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 castlevania for a moment so oh, yeah, those yeah. That's those what we're types, talking about yeah no let's talk about it t- actually this isn't Titan episode no, no 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 um yeah like so the the i I feel like there are tons of animation cheats in the show um, which, uh, will be distracting to some viewers. Um, uh, that being said, they do ramp it up for good shit. Like, there are good animated moments. There are, you, you there's sometimes, like, scenes, like, I mean, even, even though it, it doesn't have a lot of frames, like, I thought, like, the final, like, you know, battle fight, uh, between Trevor and Alucard was great. Yeah. And that's definitely, like, a, there's a bit more, a bit more pizzazz to that, uh, than, you know, like, uh, there's a street fight where he like whips a guy's eyeball. Oh, at, I, love which is very, I love that! I love Very, very Warren Ellis
0: like a guy's eyeball <laughs> flying out, and, and yeah, and he, like, I think he whips off somebody's fingers.
1: Like, there's a lot of stuff
0: like that that
1: I thought was actually done really well. No, it's cool, and I mean, and the and when like and when it goes horror, I mean, we're talking, you know baby bassinets filled with blood and people like dismembered uh you know incongruously and uh, like when it when it when it goes for the gore it's it's going for it it's not it's not half-assing it um so yeah like it's i i I kind of uh i agree with you that the that the 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 romance story is kind of rushed it feels it's funny because we are looking at this as a kind of self-contained film even though there's only four episodes Uh, but at the same time the episodes do feel like properly staged like you know i guess
0: i i feel like i don't feel i i don't feel like it has an ending in the sense that like that you know it, it it's really a first act
1: it's a prelude you know, it's, it's, a, it's a prelude. A first,
0: right. I, it's a prelude it's a first act it's the 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 heroes coming together you know right, like it's right. you know it ends with alucard and trevor Belmont and what is the name of the seeker's granddaughter or whatever silpha 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 yeah like, them basically Cifa, being like, yeah. all right, we've got to go and, you know, defend humanity from Dracula.
1: And then credits. Right, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. so that's that's
0: supposed to be like the sort of, you know, 15 minutes into the movie. That's like the Dirty Dozen getting their mission. That's, you know, I don't know. Um, so I, I, and if, if that, that, that sort of one battle at the end was supposed to be like, you know, the big third act battle, like, eh, you know, like it was kind of, kind of, um, I don't know um
1: yeah i feel i feel so like that's the, what i'm talking about pro- like a
0: lot of the pacing it felt it felt very weird now i don't know if people you know if this is all too critical and all that because they you know we we are i enjoyed it um don't get me
1: wrong um yeah. no I, are, and, I, didn't, and, 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 I guess i have to be honest i didn't love it you know um i i i really liked it and i and i think a big part of that was that there, was, there felt to be really committed voice actor performances. Yes. I thought the voice acting was superb. He, Richard Armitage was great. As, yeah. and, and they even had, like,
0: Matt Frewer, who, you know, people might know as, you know, um, uh, Max Hedrum, you know, was mm-hmm. uh, the bad guy, like the bad bishop. Um, and I actually really liked the sort of gloomy sort of atmosphere i think that's one of the coolest things about the whole dracula story you know going back to bram stoker and everything else is the whole sort of weird eastern european um you know the small town the sort of you know the the war like not war but whatever of the religion versus the I mean, the Roma or Gypsy influence, like, I I don't know, I I, I find the milieu to be really interesting, and so I I actually thought, like, just scenes of, like, him in the marketplace or him in the bar and stuff like that was actually um, a a little more interesting than um, what you usually see in in a Dracula, um, you know, adaptation. I mean, there's been so many, and so many of them involve Dracula... You know, like, you know, like they're like Dracula, where it's like, you know, Dracula wakes up and in the 20th century or, you know, Dracula's, uh, you know, a black vampire in L.A. in the 1970s. You know, like I, I'm, I'm into, you know, um, medieval, you know, 1455, you know, Romania
1: yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think this I think the setting as presented in the show had a had a definite and recognizable texture. Yeah. Like it was it was definitely there. Um it was not it was not afraid to be that gloomy. It was not afraid to kind of feel uh to feel like it would distance the viewer from being uh too downcast. Like it's downcast and and it understands that and that's part of it. Um, yeah. So I you know, that that was that was
0: definitely a success and I think you know, something hopefully they'll continue
1: in the second season. Um, yeah. Yeah, like this could get really good. Yes. This could really the, – the second season could kind of like, you know, really elevate I what sounds like our current opinion of it. Right.
0: I, I think ultimately this would have been much more successful if they had done like a 12-episode thing and, you know, basically instead of us having to wait, you know, eight months – And part of that is just the, or in eight months, you know, a year, however long, you know, because animation actually does take quite a while. I don't know when the next season will, will actually happen. I mean, we know it is definitely happening. They announced it, I think
1: the day, um, like the day of release or some shit, like
0: really early, really early on. So it's coming. out. I just checked. It's coming. The second season will be eight episodes and it's planned for a 2018 release. So they did announce that, you know, that that I think on the day of or the or the or the next day that, you know, they were doing that, but I think they might have been better off if they had released the whole thing as one long season. Uh but that, you know, that might just be us, you know, nitpicking. Um so yeah, um I mean it's a very legit horror, you know, animation again. I don't know how much of uh You know, that is a whole subset of um, both, you know, frankly, horror and, you know, anime, if we want to call this anime. I mean, you know, we could do a whole episode on tentacle porn.
1: Is, is yeah, is that the next episode? we're gonna, Has Alo no, Bars not. hasn't hasn't approached uh, hentai?
0: Have I, they? I don't think so. No, but I actually did see uh, Kudoji, the Legend of the Overfiend. That you know. is all right. That I is saw a the that midnight is screening an, of that in in the Angelica, like in in a, in a real you know in an art house movie theater. So I
1: think that's a low key classic. Yeah, I think that's kind of an underappreciated classic. I know it's porn essentially, but. It has it has enough good ideas and it has a shitload of budget. <laughs> like, it does have a big budget. It certainly
0: got a lot of ideas. I don't know how many of them are you know can we, can really be you know qualified or classified as good, but they're definitely there. I I will give you that. I think
1: there's something there's something. Oh yeah, to yeah. It. no no, there's absolutely. something to it. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you have uh any 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 final thoughts on uh on, on horror video games, horror anime uh Anything I just, lo- i just love the of idea an offbeat episode here you
1: know dude i love the idea that like <laughs> like we're parlaying a uh, talk about castlevania is so- that so wrapping up check out legend of the Overfiend, right you know <laughs> <laughs> you know well no i mean a- look that's a le- that's a legitimate horror it is anime, a horror you know it I is mean- t- that's very true yes. no i mean, it's i i just have i haven't heard it's not a movie you want to bring up in mixed company right well you know. <laughs> let's say let's say that let's right say that. um but no um i don't know i don't know i don't know what else to say i think like we're we're kind of of a same mind in that uh you know it's kind it's a bit of a qualified recommendation right but uh, but like i mean if and if if you're a if you're a fan of the castlevania series like i think it's a must watch period and if you're not i think there, there's going to be something in there you'll like yeah, and again,
0: I think um, I mean there are obviously other um, important video game franchises, but I don't know. Going back, you know, to the eighties, I mean, we're talking about Castlevania. The franchise itself does go back to the mid eighties, I and mean, when we're talking about like you know, what is that like the second or third age of video games?
1: You know? I think it, yeah, it would be like the second, like the yeah. second age, yeah, yeah, and it's um, still and it's still alive, kicking and kicking ass. Yeah, so. um I, you know
0: and 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 they're taking it to new you know new new uh new media and um I don't know can you think can you think of a of a horror franchise that's still going now that that was back that was going back then for a video game series yeah.
1: You know, I bet bet you some people would criticize the notion that Castlevania by default is like, like constitutes horror. Like it's kind of more, the the series has always been. uh, I mean, it's an action
0: game that uses horror tropes. Would you say that's more accurate? Uh,
1: Absolutely. You know, and even to the point where like a lot of the Castlevania games have gone back to like reference, uh, you know, Hammer films. And the Universal Monsters. And no, like it's definitely, it's part of its, uh, it's part of its toolkit. Yeah. Um, And always and always has been. But yeah, like, um, you know, and like you you mentioned, you know, Resident Evil, like that's probably the only other one that's as still thriving and as still alive and as still represented in other media. Um, This is Castlevania's first entry to that. And I mean, I, I think it could have done a hell of a lot worse. I'm actually glad you brought up the Hammer films because I actually think
0: that this does one of the other things that I think Warren Ellis was trying to do and that he succeeded at was actually the vibe of of a lot of those Hammer movies. I agree. Um, I agree. And I and I think that that, um, you know, the Hammer movies are actually an extremely very important part of like British cinema and horror in general. Um, and you know, the, the idea of that, he was playing with all sort of all these forms. I mean, you're taking a video game, you're using the anime form and yet you're doing a hammer movie all, you know, sort (laughs) of putting that together. It could really be, you know, putting it in a blender like that. Um, yeah, I mean it. It from it, it. It definitely works, and you're you're you know. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and some of those are just fantastic. Oh hell, I mean yeah. not all of them, but you know some really are just you know incredible. Yeah. Um, and they get into that that I was talking about a lot of them with the you know sort of the the texture or the of the you know the of the setting you of know? the culture. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um. Yeah, well, you know, rest in power, uh, George Romero, and uh, check out uh, Castlevania, and uh, we will be back in, uh, in a couple of weeks, in two weeks. We're, we're, uh, we're done with our, uh, our summer vacation, so to speak.
1: <laughs> yep, hiatus is over. That's uh, right. Definitely watch, definitely watch Castlevania. Now I'm wondering if we should do a Hammer Films episode. I think, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I don't even know
0: where, where would we begin with that? But yeah, I mean, there's, there's like, you know, there's like nine Dracula films just in in that alone, Um, you know, but yeah. um, So, you know, and speaking of vampires, how is your, how are your teeth? (laughs)
1: um i'm probably getting them cut into uh if not tomorrow finally it's going to be tuesday morning it might be tomorrow wow okay yep yep there's about to be a horror episode uh, in your mouth mouth. (laughs) yep wow
0: yeah it's gonna be uh yeah you're gonna need trevor belmont to go in there
1: yeah, I'm probably. I'll probably be biting people afterwards.
0: Right. All right. Well, on that note, um, keep screaming. And uh, so, you know, once again,
1: uh, sorry, 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 we missed that episode, but we're back. Yeah, we're we're back and in charge. Keep screaming, scream squad. Thanks.